ambassador said that the role of civil society groups is vital in helping to improve human rights for people in Myanmar. Well, I think it's, it's central, it's very, very important. Uh, one of the things I was very impressed by when I first arrived here in 2013, and I knew the history of the country, I knew it had a very difficult history, I was very impressed that the civil society groups, non-government groups, were very vibrant, very energetic, had a lot of very good people, and in a relatively short time they'd gone from having to be underground and invisible to being really very effective spokespeople for, for particular issues. Now, of course what we then saw is a lot of those people got elected to Parliament and a few of the leaders of those groups that I used to know are now sitting in Parliament, that's a good thing. But Parliament and civil society have different roles, so it's very important that civil society exists to advocate for change. And in the UK, for example, which is a mature democracy, you would have the government, you'd have the media, you'd have parliament, and you'd have civil society. And all of those groups are very important for debating uh, change. So I certainly hope that civil society will continue to be very strong here, and we as an embassy are doing what we can to support civil society here. Mr. Patrick agreed that press freedom in Myanmar has deteriorated in the past 12 months and reiterated his support for the release of imprisoned writers, journalists, Wailong and Jo So-woo. Well, I agree things have got worse. Um, we, as you know, have called for the release of the, the two Reuters reporters. We've called for reform of Article 66D, which has been another major problem. Uh, those things are important the media is to operate freely, then th that needs to change. I think we shouldn't be too hard on the situation here. When I compare the media situation here to the situation in some other countries in Southeast Asia, things are still better here than they are there. Things are worse here than they were before, but they, in some cases, um, but they are better than they are in other places. I can still read some very hard-hitting articles in Frontier magazine and they would be as hard-hitting as articles you find in a British newspaper and nobody comes to shut down your, your, your newspaper. So I think the environment here is still very good and in some ways has improved over the last three or four years. Um, well, it has improved over the last three or four years but then we have these particular cases, the Reuters case, the 66D cases, which are very worrying. On the politically sensitive issues of Rakhine and the Rohingya crisis, the ambassador insisted that there should be a fully independent investigation into what has happened there. Well, it's, uh, it's a very difficult situation, and I do understand the history. Uh, having been here for nearly five years, and I've talked to a lot of people about the history, and I understand the history is very much debated, and, uh, you know, we, we tend to call the community, the Muslim community there, uh, Rohingya. We don't do that because we accept everything that they say about history. Uh, you know, we know that there's a, there's a lot of discussion. We say that because, in general, in the UK, if a group wants to call itself by a particular name, then we accept that and we say you can, you can call yourself by that name. That's, that's just a sort of background to, to why we use that word. The Rakhine situation is going to take, I think, some time to to improve. At the moment my impression is that most of the people who've left 
and are not yet ready to come back. The government has done preparation for that. They've, uh, they've prepared these reception centres and so on. But at the moment, it doesn't look like people will want to come back. And I think that's because they don't trust the security situation. They're worried that if they return, they will be attacked. So I think it's very important, as well as focusing on the sort of physical preparation of the reception centres and so on, you need to look at the environment, the security environment in which people will return, what needs to change in order for people to feel safe. One of the other things, of course, that's been very difficult is there are very, very different views inside Myanmar and outside um, about what happened. Um, and if you read the British newspaper and you read the news, most of the newspapers here, you get a very different view. And I, you know, I'm, I haven't investigated. Uh, some of the stories that come out of the camps in Bangladesh seem very convincing. But the only way you're going to settle that debate is by having some kind of independent, credible investigation that can go down there and really dig into all of this and tell us what really happened. If you have that kind of investigation, I think it will help clear the air, it will help people understand what really happened, and hopefully also make the people in Bangladesh feel more secure and more able to come back. I was very pleased the government has started discussing with the UNHCR the UN High Commissioner for Refugees and the UN Development Programme, the UNDP, discussing how they can be involved in Northern Rakhine, because I think that will reassure everybody that this process is going to be managed in a way which fits with international best practice. So I'm very pleased that that's happening. He said Britain is doing many things to assist in the crisis and pointed out that help in foreign aid was not just for Muslim people in Rakhine. Well, um, it's not so much push. Uh, we're in very close discussion with the Myanmar government, with the Burmese government. We've had the visits with the foreign secretary. He also spoke to the state council a couple of times on the telephone uh, late last year. And we're ready to support not only with sort of political support, but also with aid, um, if the process is, is right. And that's why I'm so pleased that the UN appears to be getting back into, getting back into the picture. Many people misunderstand international assistance in Rakhine. They think that all of the money goes to Muslims, and it's actually not true. The problem is that the money that goes to the Muslims is advertised and people see it, but there's a lot of development assistance going in to Rakhine, which is going mainly, in fact, to the Rakhine community. And our programs are, are like that. We have development programs which are quite big in, in Rakhine, particularly around rural livelihoods, uh, that is for farmers, programs for farmers, programs around healthcare. Those are benefiting a lot of uh, Rakhine people. I just don't think they realize that that is international assistance. They, they just see the stuff that, that goes to the, to the camps and so on. Mr. Patrick made it clear that the UK has not only criticized the Tamara over the situation in Rakhine, but also Duong San Suu Kyi. Well, uh, the British government's been critical of, of the Burmese government and the way they've handled the crisis. And obviously we believe that the things we've said are, are right. Um, 
because I've lived here for nearly five years, I can understand some of the complexities um, that face Dr. Hansen Suchi, given the positions he's in, given the views of many of the people in this country, given the fact that the military are in charge of, of what happens in, in uh, security situations. We've been quite careful in our criticism. If we're talking about security operations, we're always clear that we're criticizing the way the military handled those operations. Some other things, of course, we've been critical of Doyle Sassuchi, but the main blame, I think, uh, has been directed towards the military rather than Doyle Sassuchi. And, and as you know, the European Union uh, announced uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, that, that it will have some sanctions against military uh, figures in this country, um, not sanctions against uh, the civilians. So I think there is a distinction between the military and the civilians, and, and people understand that in, in Europe.